Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Hey, Besties. It's JT. From time to time, we'll bring you episodes from friends that we think you'll find interesting and helpful. This is Cast Voices creator Liz Atherton interviewing the legendary Dave Finoy. Enjoy. So hello, world of voiceover. As you can see by the number of attendees we have today, sir, you are very, very popular. Uh, I'm going to do a little housekeeping as people get here. Uh, you all know who Dave is, and I'm going to go through a moment here while I introduce him, but I would like to invite two of my favorite people, Elizabeth Alcott and Jen Greenfield up, if you girls will, to help moderate what we've in, what we have learned in uh, these clubhouses is that if you guys have questions, if you'll please, uh, let's see, Elizabeth there, there you go. If you guys that are in the audience will uh, put your questions in the chat. That would be incredibly helpful. It just helps to this only take an hour of Dave's time or, you know, as much as he wants. And it gives people an opportunity to do that. I thank you all for coming here today. This is hosted by Cast Voices. And uh, we're going to take the questions via chat. You've met uh, or I've introduced Jen and Elizabeth to my favorite people. And at the top right now, I have a link that I want you guys that are in here right now to go capture. Click on it, capture the URL. We'll come back to it. But those of you who have come to events that we've hosted by Cast Voices, we're very, very philanthropic and we do these to help others along. And today, one of the, um, the today the, uh, the, the charity of choice is GVAA. And I hope everybody in this room, I don't care if you give them a dollar, I hope you can give them more. But if you guys don't know what GVAA is, I'm adding the link now. GVAA, the Global Voice Academy, is maintains a rate guide. And as a casting director, I use it all the time. As an agent, I used it all the time. And I hope to goodness all of you talent are using it all the time. Uh, uh, they they do this rate guide to keep it up, up, updated. And if you will, if you gain any kind of insight, Dave chose today to have that um, as his charity of choice, which I thank you. And uh, we hope that if you get some value out of today, that you will make a contribution to the GVAA rate guide because we all use it. <laughs> and it's such a valuable resource to us. And with that, I have a little short introduction. I would like everybody to meet Mr. Dave Fenoy. He's a voice actor and a narrator who has been in the business for, we'll just call it a lot of years, Dave. We're not going to give away our ages here. He has done a ton of work in the video game industry, as well as voiceover work in shows like The Walking Dead, Dragon Age, and a whole lot more. Dave, just for the record, I asked my little AI bot, tell me about Dave Fenoy, and this is what it wrote for me. <laughs> He's a talented and versatile artist, and we're so excited to have him today with us. And if you all will, Warm welcome to you, Dave. Here's my How are you? I am doing fantastic, and thank you for the very nice introduction. And hello to everybody. Uh, glad to be here, and uh, let's do this. Let's do this. So I want to talk about one thing that's not voiceover related, but I was looking at some of your interviews, and I just absolutely loved what you had to say. And I know this is, I guess, Black History Month or all yes, that stuff, is. and uh, I honor everything about that. But one of the things you said was how you feel about such things. Can you kind of share that a little bit? How I feel about Black History Month? Yes. Um, well, you know, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, I'm glad that we have a Black History Month because uh, the the history of of black people in this country and the history of black people historically uh, has been ignored, uh, even hidden. Uh, by the same token, I wish we didn't have to have a Black History Month, uh, that we would be open enough as a society that we would uh, be interested in 
and teach the history of all the members of this society. So uh, that's Latin history, that's uh, or Hispanic history, uh, that's uh, Asian history, that's uh, indigenous people history, as well as uh, black people history. Uh, it seems we have just been Eurocentric uh, and so Eurocentric that I think for many, uh, the crimes of our ancestors, and I, I say our because I do have some white ancestors like a lot of Black people here, uh, the crimes of our ancestors uh, were to commit genocide, enslave people, uh, make money on the backs of uh, slaves, and then uh, deny those freed slaves their rights, just turn slavery into uh, a kind of uh, indentured servitude uh, and, and Jim Crowism. And uh, I think that's the reason so many white Americans uh, on the other side of the political spectrum don't want to study Black history or the complete history of the United States because somehow they feel guilty, somehow they feel uncomfortable. Uh, but let me just say this, in the battle to free slaves from slavery, during the Civil War. Uh, it was both uh, people fighting to end slavery and people fighting to keep slavery who died. So you had uh, heroes on both sides. And for many of those who fought for the South, they got played. They got played. The rich interests played them uh, to make them feel, well, somehow you are better off if we can have these slaves who work for free and you don't have a job. But I could go on and on, but we'll just leave that alone for now. Well, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to express that. You, you do so, so eloquently. And I just, I don't want our history to be swept up underneath some carpet somewhere. It is part of who we are, but I also agree with you. I look forward to the day when we're just celebrating humankind and not yeah. all the various segments of humanism, although there is something to be said for that. Well, you I know, we, 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 should have, we should have pride in who we are, no matter who we are. Uh, 100%. Not all that pride needs to be based on, well, I come from this group of people who are in this place, although that should be there, but uh, who we are now, uh, what we have accomplished together uh, as a nation. As a nation or as a human being, you know, as a, hum absolutely. as a human being, your DNA is is three uh, ancestors deep, right? Your DNA is three ancestors deep. But at some point, you have to be putting the right foot forward. And that's right. the, the foot that cares about mankind and not about unmankind, I guess. That's the way I don't yeah. know how to say yeah. it. But, Thank you for letting me delve into that. I know it doesn't have anything to with voiceover, but I just have such mad respect for you. And I wanted you to be able to share that. So thank you very oh, much. Oh, Liz, thank you so much. I appreciate that. No, true story, true story. Uh, just one last uh, round of people that have just joined us in the room. We're going to go through some questions with Dave. And then we invite you. And if Dave's cool, we can bring people up on stage. But we found on these clubhouses, it's better if you put your question in the in the chat and then Jen and Elizabeth will help us and they'll interject with questions as they come along. But Dave, I'm gonna start with generic question 101. What inspired you to become a voice actor? Well, you know, it's kind of by accident. Um, I had been a musician for a long time and discovered after getting married and having a child that I wasn't gonna grow up to be a rock and roll star after all. Uh, and I thought to keep myself close to music that I would uh, become a disc jockey. And early in my disc jockey career, as a matter of fact, I wasn't even quite on the air yet. I was writing commercials and being a continuity director. And uh, one of the jocks uh, came out as I was coming to work and uh, asked him where he was going. He said, I'm going over to the city to do some voiceover work. I make more money doing that than I do on the radio. That's exactly what he said. It it never left my mind. It was one of those snapshots in time uh, that just stayed. Now, I didn't do anything about it for a couple of years, uh, but 
I did do a little investigation. I didn't uh, knock on any doors for a couple of years, but that's what got me started. And I realized, oh, that's that's cartoons and narration and and commercials and TV promos and and this could be a career. Uh, so although I spent uh, the next decade in radio, um, about halfway through that, I really did start a voiceover career and. Uh, told myself as soon as I was making as much money in voiceover as I was on the radio, that I'd leave radio uh, for voiceover. Of course, uh, that didn't happen. And how long did that take you? <laughs> well, uh, in in 1990, I was doing okay in voiceover. It wasn't really money to live on yet. Uh, but the radio station fired all the jocks, including me. I was morning jock on a radio station, KSOL. It was a number one R&B station in town. Uh, but they got a new uh, uh, consultant who wanted to bring his own people in. So all of us were fired on February 9th, 1990. And oh, God, I, you can remember it. <laughs> I remember the date. And I had taken a two-week, or two-week, a two-day weekend voiceover uh, course uh, with a bunch of other people uh, with an agent from Los Angeles who had come up and uh, Lee Gilbert is her name. She's still around. I don't think she's agenting anymore. And at the end of that, she said, you know, you're pretty talented. If you ever want to move to Los Angeles, we'd love to represent you at SBNV, SBV, uh, Sutton Barth and Venari. And uh, she gave me her card and that was uh, fall 89. And then uh, having been fired early in, in 90, uh, I had to go find that card and give her a call and uh, ask if she was serious. She said, yes. She said, put together a new demo and come on down. So I started driving back and forth uh, between Los Angeles and the Bay Area. Did that for about eight months uh, before I was able to move down, but uh, got me started in voiceover. And thank goodness at the time you did. I think it was easier 30 years ago because it wasn't so populated but yet still and and you went to a studio to do all your work oh yeah you went you went to your agents to audition you went to a studio to do all your work and you know what i'm i'm not sure that it was easier um it was different yeah Um, easier was a bad word yeah no no not necessarily a bad word but um, I, I think it was different. It was a different time. We didn't have cell phones. We weren't on the internet. Um, you went to a studio, not your own, uh, to audition and to work. Um, almost everybody was in the union, but there wasn't the amount of work that there is now. Uh, thanks to the internet, uh, we have a lot of work that, that didn't exist then. Audiobooks weren't a thing then. Or if they were, they were just getting started. Um, but now that's a, a career for a lot of people. Uh, e-learning. <laughs> you know, there's just so much. E- e-learning. Uh, oh, e-learning, uh, informational, audio, all those, all those things. All those things did not exist. Um, and I guess I think it was uh, easy in my mind. Or, it seemed more easy because there just wasn't the so many voiceover actors out there. I think it right now, voiceover acting is the most competitive uh, performance, if you will, field there is. Uh, But there's also a ton of work. So in your VO journey, how did you develop your signature vocal style? Well, you know what? I I think it came from uh, my background on one hand. Dave, you still there? Uh, I can't hear uh, you. Can y'all still hear me? Oh, I, I can still hear you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me now? You can keep talking, Dave. We got you. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it uh, was developed from two things. One, uh, as a child, I was an actor on stage uh, at Caramel House in Cleveland, Ohio. In high school, I was president of the uh, theater society and uh, directed plays, did plays. I went to school originally as a theater major. So I had a I had an acting background from childhood. But uh, 
once I finished being a musician, I was doing that as well, I went into radio. So radio in, in so many ways is uh, not great training uh, for voiceover because you end up reading a lot of scripts that you have no connection with. And it's a lot of uh, price points, phone numbers, directions, and a phony smile. But you do learn to read well. Uh, you, you get a lot of practice uh, reading scripts uh, that you haven't seen before or haven't had a lot of time with, and you learn to make them sound good, uh, which is a, uh, it's a double-edged sword because uh, we're, in a, we're in an age now where we don't believe the phony smile uh, and the extra hype and the elongated words. We want to hear from somebody that we think of as a friend or an uncle or an aunt, um, somebody that we relate to in some way, uh, hence the conversational read. So uh, it helped me a lot, uh, but I had some things to overcome to expand my career beyond uh, just uh, hard sell commercials and TV promos. Did you find it difficult to lose the announcer? Well, you know what? Um, I tell people now, because I work with a lot of, of uh, former radio people, I said, look, I don't want you to lose it. I just want you to be able to do something different. And learning to do something different can be difficult. Um, one, you're kind of in the habit of this is what I do. Also, I think uh, for a lot of people coming out of radio, it's the default, this is what sounds good. This is what's professional. This is what it's supposed to sound like. And it's hard to overcome that sometimes and be able to create something else. Um, I spent a lot of time working on getting rid of uh, getting rid of this guy that was just so happy to, and if you can buy it here and come on in and sail 50% off and get rid of that guy. Uh, not, not, <laughs> not lose him altogether because frankly, I still make a fair amount of money being that guy. Sometimes in video games, uh, playing a character uh, comedically, that is that, uh, and sometimes uh, doing actual hard sell commercials. I have a number of clients uh, that that's exactly what they're looking for. So do you have like this collection of named characters that are your voices? Or do you just on the spot create the sound for the client? You know what? It, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us uh, who do character work, we started doing character work when we were kids. Um, we imitated people we heard on the radio. We imitated the, uh, the cartoons that we heard. And along the way, a lot of people um, are told, oh, stop doing that. That's no good. You're disturbing your class, blah, 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 blah. A lot of us let go of it. Uh, I was one of the lucky people who did not. So I had a, a list of characters uh, that, you know, you, you, you think of them as funny voices, but ultimately what you have to do is give them a history, a, a, a worldview, uh, things that they're happy about and sad about. And once you can take some of those characters and allow them to be happy, sad, mad, glad, uh, then you've created a character that you can bring into this business and uh, have a little shorthand for some of the characters you're offered to audition for. Well, and you just said something that I think is incredibly important these days is that as a voice artist, you have to be an actor. You, yes. It's no more just delivering the words. And I love how you said, you know, that my, my character has a worldview. I, sometimes I even go further with that and say, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Who did you talk to before you stepped into this space that you're in, that you're delivering the lines? I just think it's a very important thing. I'm going to do just a little housekeeping on the room. Guys, if you have questions and gals, anybody, please put them in the chat and uh, 
Jen and Elizabeth will just interrupt us and bring them to it. But I also copied, Dave is a phenomenal coach, phenomenal. I put a link to his coaching page in the chat. I hope you all will take a copy of it and make time to make time with Dave. Um, I also at the top, as you all know, through Cast Voices, when we do these, when we bring you these exceptional icons and people that inspire you to do great stuff, we ask if you find something valuable from it to please donate. Today, we're asking you all to donate to the GVAA, the GVAA Rate Guide. You are all using it anyway. Please show them a little love. Um, with that, Jen and Elizabeth, do you, either one of y'all have something you want to pop in real quick? I would love to. Dave, you and I haven't formally met, but I'm going to make a point in Atlanta to do that. So ah, excellent. look forward to meeting you. So um, I think one of the things that, and I'm speaking for newer voice actors, that sometimes get a little confused about is the difference between animation voice acting and video game voice acting. Could you speak to that? Yeah, um, video games lean towards drama, animation leads, leans towards comedy. That doesn't mean that uh, there's no comedy in video games or no drama in animation, but typically uh, what is being sought in video games these days are what we'll call cinematic performances, uh, more grounded, more real. Uh, whereas in animation, uh, although it's a little more grounded than it used to be, uh, it, it's more fun. It's, it's more animated, if you will. Um, and, and once again, leaning more towards the funny. So I would say those are the main differences. With that being said, do you actually find that some voice actors have a difficult time with video game voicing because of that? Uh, well, you know what? A lot of people do because uh, if they're coming out of animation, which is where video game voices started, um, if they're coming out of animation, I think the tendency is to be a little more hyped up, a little more animated. Um, whereas what we're looking for are those understated performances. So uh, it, it can be a little difficult. And uh, one of the things you have to have now, if you wanna do animation and video games are two separate demos. So uh, because the people in animation aren't interested in your video game work and the people in video games aren't interested in your animation work. Right. So, uh, yeah, and then can you, since we're talking about demos, um, just because you're doing a fantastic job differentiating, can you also explain the difference in a character demo for those who might not be familiar? Well, I, I think actually there are two types of character okay. demos. One, uh, you might have a commercial character demo uh, where you have your characters, but they are selling product. Um, but typically what we're looking at uh, for a character demo falls under uh, usually video games. And uh, that's uh, a number of characters that you can play uh, that might be standard video game characters, some cinematic movie style characters, um, some characters that might be in the future, uh, in medieval times uh, and, and current. And there's a uh, little changes in style uh, from the different categories. Uh, video games very much analogous to movies. Um, and if you're watching certain types of movies, style of acting is one thing. It might be a little bit more elevated, say, if we're doing a sword and sorcery. We're going, you know, we're uh, putting on just a little bit and then something that's really modern. Somehow we're just more grounded, more real, more now. You you touched on something that I think needs to be, I'd like to hear some more talk about it. Characters these days are, at least the breakdowns that I'm seeing, they don't want a little baby voice. They don't want this. They want yeah. a nuanced, they want a nuanced being talking, which yeah. is very different than giving me a voice. And that's a big distinction. I think the voiceover character peoples need to know that it's not, changing your voice to necessarily a higher childlike register 
it is a nuanced voice that you're giving. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think well, looking at animation, one of the uh, things we see in the animated movies now uh, that have gone, you know, full on celebrity, uh, the characters uh, are animated, but they're animated with their natural voices. Um, they're not putting on voices. Uh, they're hiring uh, well-known actors that have quirky voices, uh, comedians with a quirky voice, so that those personalities are what's coming through and what draw us to liking those characters. 100%, guys, I want you all to pay real attention to what he just said. And those of you who jump on these clubhouse stages and bring us your little tiny voice, just stop. Uh, because it's just, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, did my pet peeve jump out? Um, because it's, 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 it's not those voices. Yes, on occasion, you've got them in children's things. But anymore, it's the unique voices. And if you can create something unique with your voice, Bravo to you. Um, uh, there was a question that I saw in the chat that kind of, I don't know if this fits the right place. When you're auditioning, Dave, I want to answer this one with you after you answer. Okay. When you're auditioning, do you recommend two takes? You know, that depends. Um, you you may uh, have a piece of copy and you see, oh, wow, I could do this or this or this or this or this. Uh, and if you have more than one take that's very different, that um, another point of view from the character, um, then yeah, give them both takes. But if it's just really the same character, but I'm just doing it just a little bit different, just send the one take. And I'm I'm going to shamelessly plug Dave right now because Jen's on the stage and I'm at the, actually the guest tonight. In my opinion, you if you're going to do two takes, give me two different, completely different yeah. voices. Yeah. Don't give me one that says, hey, I'm Liz, and another one says, hey, I'm Liz. You know, that, that's not a different take. Just don't do it. And my experience, Dave, in casting is that I remember casting is just the first door. It's yeah. the client that makes the, makes the decision. But. I can make a quick decision in three to six seconds on whether or not I'm going to put that into my maybe send it to client. And if I, if there is a second take, I need you to tell me there's a second take. And I need you to tell me, you know, Dave Fanoi, two takes so that I know if I don't really like your first take, I'll go. Maybe there's another one, one coming that you <laughs> might like. <laughs> well, it, it, it's true. And so, I guess the answer is, I think two takes are always a great idea, as long as it's two different voices, and I call it a second chance instead of a first impression, and um, it, this just naturally, organically came up in this clubhouse, but if you guys will follow Jen, she and two other girls um, have a group called the VO Booth Besties, and they're doing a, 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 a meeting tonight at 7 p.m. Central discussing that in further detail. I didn't mean to take time from you, Dave, to- You know that, what, just... no, you, 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 you're dropping diamonds here, so it's all good. Let me just um, add to that, um, that a lot of times they don't hear your whole audition. As a matter of fact, probably most of the time they don't hear your whole audition. Sometimes they don't hear beyond your slate. Uh, so make sure that you're slating in a similar energy, uh, that if, if it's something that's kind of up and happy, you're not slating like, hi, this is Dave Fenoy, because they make a oh, wrong person and, and move on without ever hearing it. Um, you are and, spot yeah. on. I, was, I, I shouldn't be talking. I'm just agreeing. Um, also, uh, I will say you really need to understand what the message is and that needs to come across in those first five or 10 seconds. Uh, they're not gonna wait for you to figure it out halfway through the copy. So really know what you're saying. Guys, hear those words, hear them. As someone who's now casting, I will tell you that the 
first litmus test to get even into my eardrums is going to be, can I hear you? And so many people, your sound is so off. I've had people tell me, oh, I've had it tested. Da, 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 da. I'm like, well, I'm listening on a laptop like most casting directors because we're doing that first check to so do it. And I don't want to get off on that. But yes, these are our nuggets. And absolutely, with the uh, you know emergence of TikTok and everything else, you got three to six seconds. I mean, you can keep them longer than that, but don't lose them on the slate. Don't do all that. Don't do a pre-recorded slate that you you know attach to your audition. Right. They definitely good energy. Um, so what has been some of your favorite projects to work on? Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, since it's Black History Month, I'll just, uh, one of my favorite things, one of the things I'm most proud of is for 15 years, I was the voice of the NAACP Image Awards. Now, not something that uh, I could live on just that, but uh, when it came around every year, uh, and every year I had that job for, 15 years that was just proud. Um, I got to introduce uh, the Obama family for the National Christmas Tree Lighting Service uh, for several years when he was president, something else that uh, I'm, I'm very proud of. Uh, not necessarily gigs that uh, made me a lot of money, but uh, gigs that I was proud that my voice was there. Um, I've had a lot of really good gigs uh, in all areas. Uh, I did uh, daytime uh, promos for the soaps on CBS for a lot of years. I was one of uh, the Disney Channel's voices for uh, many years. Um, I was a voice of Showtime at the Apollo for many years. Um, I am still doing Time Life music. They, they were a client, then they went bankrupt, and then they came back. And that's one of those hard sell uh, gigs that uh, I have had over the years. Uh, I am an ethnic voice for Lexus and have been for about 15 or 20 years. Um, I, I've, I've had the great fortune of doing a wide variety of genres uh, for a long time. We're, we're almost, we're heading towards 40 years doing this. Um, and of course, you're just video... a young whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah. I started when I was three. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in in the video game world, now when I started in voiceover, uh, we didn't have video games like we have now. Um, there were no storytelling video games. We were playing Asteroids and uh, Pong and uh, Miss Pac-Man, and uh, as technology emerged, uh, we kind of merged animation with storytelling. Um, and it actually wasn't even that much storytelling in the beginning. Uh, I think the real storytelling began about 2011, 2012. Uh, one of the games, well, the game I'm best known for, The Walking Dead game, uh, was instrumental in that. Uh, it was the first real storytelling game uh, that changed uh, the market. Uh, they'd been doing storytelling games for a while, but that one, uh, the stars aligned. The show was popular. Uh, the writing on The Walking Dead game was just amazing. The cast they put together, uh, most of them actors from Northern California, um, they were all just fine actors. And they had actually hired somebody else to play Lee Everett. And they'd gone for one episode and listened back and they didn't like it. And no, I don't know who the person is and I don't want to know. Uh, and I got a call. It should be you. <laughs> I got a call uh, and said, eh, they're looking to replace this guy. Here's the script. They're looking for something very natural. Uh, former college professor found his wife cheating uh, kills her and her lover and is on his way to jail and the zombie apocalypse frees him and he meets a little girl uh, that he takes care of. That's, that's what I got. Um, and I did the audition and a couple weeks later I got the call, oh, you're the guy. And they started flying me up to uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we were in a little town called Fairfax uh, and uh, we would record uh, for 
two or three days every uh, six or eight weeks. And that, I'd already done about 70 or 80 games, but that uh, really put me on the map in another way. Uh, I had been a voice in games that, mm, yeah, I, I know that voice. I've heard him on stuff. So, well, oh, that's Dave Fenoy. How wonderful. Hey, you brought up another subject that I want to talk about. Accents and doing voices of other ethnicities than of which you are. I know, as we all, most of us in this room know, there was a big, I just want to call it a brouhaha, because people of different ethnicities were doing ethnic voices. My yeah. In, in a perfect world for actors, and it shouldn't matter, but it does. And yeah. I think, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, Liz, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. In a perfect world, it shouldn't matter. Unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. Um, and you cannot separate out the show from the biz. This is show business. Uh, these are people's livelihoods. And if we are closing the door or maybe just leaving it a little way open uh, for black people, Asian people, Latin people, um, people from uh, India and Pakistan. Uh, if we are excluding them except for somebody else pretending to be them, uh, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Uh, I know one of the things stuck in my craw a little bit was the Cleveland show. Uh, I'm from Cleveland and I'm black, uh, but it was a white guy playing uh, Cleveland from Cleveland for 10 years. Now, a lot of white actors gave up those gigs um, after George Floyd and, and the focus was on white actors playing ethnic roles, but they're still getting the residuals they still made all that money i'm not i'm not going to hold it against them i just wish the people casting and the artists had said you know what that job should go to, to somebody like that um well, and no i'm just going to agree with you i think i don't think you should try to do ethnic accents Regional accents, sure. You want to pick up a little bit of East Texas here? You just go right on out there and you just be East Texas all you want. But don't, I think, you know, dialects for that are good. But I think if you're trying to do an accent for an ethnicity other than what you are, I just, I just think you're going to be you you know, know, honing a skill that may or may never be used. We, um, there are plenty of accents that have nothing to do with ethnicity. Um, every person I know uh, that's a friend of mine in England has an English accent and they come in all colors. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, from France uh, coming in all colors, they all have a French accent. That's a whole different thing than I'm going to play this character who is this ethnicity, but I'm not. And once again, in a perfect world, hey, that would be just fine. But unfortunately, we have a history of excluding ethnic people uh, from too many jobs. I totally agree with you. Um, Elizabeth, I, I, have one, I saw one question down there, then I want to tap onto you if you see one. Dave, how have you managed um, without getting a lot of feedback? Or do you get a lot of feedback when you are auditioning? I know you probably don't have to audition as much anymore. You can kind of step into a role, but you had to audition a lot at one point. Oh boy! You, well, let, you know what? Let's 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 throw out that misconception. I audition every day. All right, I've given you props, uh, man. I've given you props. No, no, no. I I agree with you. There there are jobs that come my way just because it's me. Uh, but I audition every day and. Uh, it's a big world out there and not everybody in, in the business knows who Dave Fenoy is. Um, so it, I, I feel it's important for me to audition. I, I, I'll never have the head so big. Well, they should just hire me. <laughs> I don't have to audition. 
Now I, you know, I turned down some things. Oh, well, I, I think I deserve more money than that, or uh, I don't. This isn't the kind of work I want to do, or I feel like it's outside my wheelhouse. Um, whereas, you know, when you're younger and hungrier and just getting started, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll audition for that. Sure, okay, yeah, I need this money. Um, I'm, I'm not there, uh, but I do audition uh, every day and. No, you don't get a lot of feedback. I don't care where you are in your career. Uh, your agent doesn't have time to call back everybody or send a note to everybody. And well, we liked your audition, but you should have done this, this, and this. Don't, do not expect that. Uh, it's just not gonna happen. Every now and then you might get a note. Oh, you know, um, you were on the short list. They loved your read, but they decided to go a different way. Every now and then you get something like that. Uh, or they loved you, uh, but the project's not happening. Uh, yeah. But don't ex don't expect it. I always tell people if you get feedback, it's either you're really good or really bad. You know, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't mean that you weren't heard or sent forward. You know, uh, when whenever I do casting and cast voices, we have an, a a field there so you can give feedback, and I'm like. Your sound's too low. It's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to talk to you about, you know, it's just like, and no, you can't redo it because I have, you know, plenty. Their sound is good. Or, yeah. uh, or I'll say, that was good. You know, because it was good. It made me stop and say, that was good. There's a lot of really good talent out there. Uh, yes, there is. It's uh, so, and one of the reasons there's so much good talent out there is now it's uh, much more democratic uh, in terms of equipment and where you can live. Used to be New York, Chicago, LA, maybe San Francisco. Uh, those, those were the spots that you needed to live. But uh, now uh, you can live anywhere. We have people living all across the world doing this work. You got a Mac, a microphone and a high speed internet connection. Um, you can be in this business. You're uh, golden. You're golden. Uh, a lot of people, uh, their issue is what equipment, what their recording room sounds like. Uh, get that room straight first. Don't spend the money on the microphone uh, before you have a room uh, that eliminates sound bounce and is quiet. Uh, no, no microphone is going to fix that. Uh, and there are, there's very good equipment that is not that expensive, uh, that you can start with, uh, and, and don't, don't reach for things that other people aren't using, trying to find some secret weapon. The secret weapon is your talent and your work ethic. Um. Go with I totally the agree with you there. Yeah. Go with the standard so, things. I, go, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Well, you just, again, you, you touch on these things and they make me stop. And one <laughs> of them is, I think there's a, well, this because it's just, how did you call them, little diamonds? But nuggets of just incredible wisdom that everyone can use. And one of them is that the audition is not the same as being in the studio. And I think that the audition in and of itself is a skill set that needs to transfer, of course, that energy and whatnot to the studio. But can you talk a little bit about just the audition in and of itself? Do you clean yours up? Do you leave them alone? Do you send them as they are? How much time? You know, well, just you some know, little nuggets there. Uh, I find I do better when I don't spend too much time on them. Um, now, too much time, uh, you know, that... Uh, I, I, if I'm doing take after take after take after take, I'm probably not feeling my best and uh, I'm a little insecure at the moment. And, and you're probably listening too hard for perfection of, of every phrase and whatnot. And that's not actually where we are in the world of voiceover anymore. We want to hear from somebody that we believe. And that doesn't necessarily mean absolute perfection and enunciation uh, uh, with everything. It means connecting with people. So 
What's most important, I think, is who you are as a character in whatever it is uh, you're you're doing, and that yes, it is recorded cleanly uh, at the right volume and and normalized to negative three uh, dB. But don't try to don't seek out perfection. Perfection, I think. Um, is believable as opposed to every word said perfectly, that kind of thing. You just said something that was so, again, poignant, connecting. For me, listening, I, I, I honestly, in an audition, I don't care if I hear voices at clicks or breaths that I'm listening for. Do I feel that voice? Do I feel it? Yeah. You know, not... Was it perfect? I mean, I've had people send in auditions that have sound effects, just everything. And I'm like, no, 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 don't take that much time. It is a numbers game. When when casting or the client gets how many they want to see or listen, I mean, listen to, they're done. So don't lose that valuable time trying to perfect it. And I love what you said about, you know, you, the less you, or the quicker, or how did you say it? I don't remember exactly. But, you know, you don't spend a lot of time on it. You just get it out there and you move on. So yeah. I think that's good. Good. Elizabeth. And, 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 oh, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I was. Uh, go ahead. Elizabeth, yeah, do you have any questions from from the Peanut Gallery? Hello, Peanut Gallery. There, <laughs> there are tons of questions from the chat. Well, let's go. Uh, first of all, Jim Frank recently um, did a new video game demo that was directed and <laughs> by Dave. <laughs> So he would like to know, uh, what do I do with it next, now that I have it? Now that you have uh, uh, your game demo, it needs to go to prospective agents or your agent, if you have an agent. Um, if you are on the pay-to-play site, it needs to go um, on your website there, on your personal website. Um, I merely directed, I did not produce I would suggest having individual clips of all uh, the characters that you played uh, so that when they're looking for a specific type of character that you have, they don't have to listen through your whole demo because uh, people are, uh, you know, they don't, our attention span is much shorter than it used to be. Uh, but you need, also another place, you, you could send it out uh, to game developers, uh, finding their writers and their casting directors. So agent, website, um, casting directors. Y'all remember that that demo of yours is to get you, typically it's to get you an agent. It is, um, sorry, is it okay that I'm still in here? I'm sharing a room, guys. So, sorry about that. So an agent, I mean, a demo is to get you an agent or it's to get you um, um, uh, well, an agent, uh, to get you auditions, right. But you typically so, will not get hired from a demo. Yeah, but you, 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 might, get, you, might, get on, you might get on somebody's radar. Yes. Um, and it, it can't hurt, it can't hurt. So piggybacking off that question, Elena has a question, which is what is your favorite direct marketing strategy for finding and growing relationships with gaming clients? Well, you know what? Uh, I'm in a different category there. Um, I'm, I'm not a person who is unknown. I'm not a person who is trying to get the attention. I already have the attention of a lot of people in the gaming industry. Uh, but what I would do, were I not uh, Dave Fenoy, if I were a different Dave Fenoy just getting started, um, I would use social media. I would use the uh, how easy it is to find people through the internet. I would uh, be reaching out to the casting directors, the directors and writers uh, in the production teams of uh, game companies and letting them know I exist. I would not just send letters and demos saying, hi, I'm Dave Fenoy, here's my demo, hire me. Uh, I'd get no, to know- send cookies. <laughs> send, send cookies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would want to get, it, well, cookies in the way of 
finding out a little bit about them, what they've done, what their successes have been, what they might have coming out uh, new, and let them know you're not just, hi, here's me, hire me, uh, but you know a little bit about them. Uh, people like it when you know something about them, when you've taken the time to find out uh, what it is they actually have done uh, and you can comment on it. And hopefully you're sincere in that. Uh, I, I think people recognize insincerity very quickly. So- um, Can I piggyback? Can... Yes, absolutely, please. So every time you audition, if you have the opportunity, you're shortlisted, build a relationship with those people, those clients, because they will call you back again and again. We have people in this room that that has happened to just this last week because they made such a favorable impression. Their session went great. They connected with the people in the session. Next gig came up and they said, hey, we want you to read for this too. So build those relationships there too. Yes, it, it has the presumption that you've already booked something, but those ongoing relationships when you can actually you know, see, hear, touch that person that can hire means something. They do look out for you. We're human beings. Back to the human touch. They do help you. So do that. Um, bribes. And, no, and, and people, bribes. people, people do want to discover new talent. I promise you. One hundred percent. So I have a little story there, just because. So uh, I had the good fortune of sitting next to Alexander Payne to watch the mm -hmm. Oscars one year. And Alexander oh, wow. Payne, if, if y'all don't know who he is, he did, um, well, the movie that we were, there was The Descendants, but he's sideways. He's won lots of Oscars. I mean, he's just an incredible guy. And I asked him, because he does his casting. It gets shortlisted to him. You know, they've already gone through the, the weed out to bring him who they think he wants to hear. But he makes those decisions. I said, Alexander, how did you get to be where you are? And he said, look, I don't know, but I can tell you, I know how to pick a good voice quote, a voice, and he loved a good voice, because the acting chops are there, but he paid attention to the voice, so I just, little side bits of information. Um, oh, yeah. Elizabeth. Yep. Uh, Evelyn would like to know, how did you develop your acting chops? Well, you know, I think it's over a long time. I was an actor as a child. Uh, I did a lot of plays when I was a kid at Caramel House. Um, and you, you haven't been damaged at that point <laughs> as a child. Uh, it, you are playing, uh, you are loose, you are easy. And uh, after a years of being a musician and then a disc jockey, uh, I, I think I had forgotten some things. Um, and I, when I first started doing voiceover, I felt like, the voice was what was important and if i could just sound wonderful then uh people would hire <laughs> <Yeah>, like fraser <laughs> <laughs> and uh but what i was reminded of especially as i started doing uh, animation and video games uh was that it was about a character that was believable and all too often, we're, we're so worried about the words and saying the words and reading the words perfectly, but the characters we are playing are not perfect. They may not speak perfectly. They may stumble over their words at times. Uh, they never have a script. They don't know what they're going to say. Just like you don't know often, you begin a sentence, you had the first thought, uh, but that thought, what you said engenders the next thought or the reaction you see from somebody engenders the next thing you're going to say as a reaction to that. So we have to play these characters um, raw. They, they're not perfect. They're not going to perfectly say everything they say. Uh, what we're really trying to reveal is who they are and how they feel in this moment in time. I love that. You're going to have to play these characters raw. I'm just going to do just a, a, a time check for everybody. We've got about six minutes left. Dave, you've been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to give Jen another opportunity to ask a question uh, if she's got some and Elizabeth, a couple of more from the, uh, the chat. And then I'm going to wind up 
Busy Dave, of what you think will be the future of acting, voice acting, but we'll come to that. How about you, Jen? Do you have something else? You know, I just wanted um, to um, piggyback on something Dave said very early on in the conversation um, when he spoke about, you know, that celebrities are doing more projects, you know, uh, voicing projects and that they're being hired because it's them. And I think, Dave, you could speak to how um, relevant that concept is that we're hearing over and over, is that bringing you to the project is what makes it unique. May I just say, ding, 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 <laughs> Yes, ding, you ding, may. Ding, ding. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, we try so hard sometimes um, to imitate what we think the world is looking for. Um, we we get the scripts and they say, a la Morgan Freeman and a number of other things, and then we try to do Morgan Freeman. They're looking for a feeling. Uh, but all your favorite character actors, you you feel a certain way about them as soon as you see them, as soon as you hear them. Well, guess what? You're a character actor. There is something unique about each and every person that's listening, each and every person that's that's knocking on these doors. There's something about you that is special. Now, you get up every day and you look in the mirror and you hear yourself. So you might not be the best person uh, to discover what that is. But I bet your friends, your family, uh, and people that you meet, if you ask them to describe, well, who do you think I am? Uh, what do you feel like when I'm talking? You'll begin to get an idea of how the world sees you. Uh, and I think that can help uh, find the, the real character in you. I also suggest sometimes turn on that recorder in your phone uh, when you are in your natural habitat, uh, talking to friends and family, uh, having a serious conversation, just hanging with the boys or your girls, uh, when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're mad, when you're glad, uh, and let it roll long enough that you get to hear what you really sound like when you're just being you. I love that advice. I love it. I love it. There's an acting uh, exercise where you're, let's just say, assume you're sitting in an auditorium with a bunch of people. You ask the person to the right of you to describe you physically. Mm -hmm. And the person to the left of you to describe you physically. And, and the same holds true to the voice. And you will be most likely be very surprised because your impression of yourself is probably very different than what people see or hear of you. And you need to pay attention as a performer as to what that is more so than what you think you want to be. You and I, uh, we're, you and I are very much aligned in our thinking. Hey, Elizabeth, let's take two more quick questions, or just one, actually, because it's getting close, and then I want to wind up for with the question for Dave. Actually, I think we got all the questions out of chat. If we didn't, somebody, if I missed your question, post it again, and we'll try to fit it in. Uh, and while we're here, everybody, look in this room. This room is full of some of the most amazing voiceover talent on the planet. You all should be looking through the room and following your friends on this on this platform. Reach out to them outside of this. You certainly should follow Dave, but you really should follow Dave on his website and on Facebook. And he also does these Ask Dave sessions on Wednesdays, right, Dave? Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday 6 p.m. About about that? Yeah. Um, a few years ago, uh, I decided, well, I'll, I'll give something back. I'm a great believer in uh, that which you give comes back to you tenfold. Um, so I started doing a thing called Ask Dave Fenoy Anything, 6 p.m. Pacific, Facebook Live every Wednesday. It now will also show up on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn because the technology has gotten better. And what I do is it's either just me uh, talking about things, answering questions, but more often than not, I bring uh, on guests who are voice actors, sometimes agents, sometimes uh, uh, people who uh, will help you with techni technical things, uh, people who work with uh, voiceover actors with studios. Um, and I interview them and we open it up for questions uh, that are written in. 
and uh, we spend an hour and I always say no fuss, no muss, nothing anybody has to prepare except me put the promo out there. Um, but we just have a, a, a conversation. And one of the things I like about it selfishly is I get to know more about my friends than I knew before, because more often than not, the people we've known for a long time, um, we don't know as much about them as as we should. We don't know their journey. We don't know their struggles. We don't know all the things they did before we met them and all the things they're doing. And it can be fascinating. 100%. So as a wind up here, if everybody will go look in the chat, I put the link there so you can contact Dave. You can sign up for classes with coaching with Dave. Highly recommend. Uh, you can also go find Dave on Facebook, like he was just suggesting. Please do that. I mean, this is one of this is Dave, you're an icon in our community. And I'm not saying that to blow smoke up your skirt. I just you just have been there, you've done that, you know what you're doing, and your and your advice is solid. Uh, I'd also encourage you all, if you found anything of value, and even if you didn't, but you, how could you not find anything in value today, please contribute to GVAA. We all use that rate guide. You have used it, and you've probably gotten more money on a project because of it. Please show them the love so they can continue to do what they're doing. Uh, tonight, Jen and uh, Alicia and Jen, her, right? I think I've got that right. They are the VO Booth Besties. Uh, they are doing a series tonight on auditions, takes, and I would encourage you all to come. I happen to be the guest. Whoop, whoop. So you can find that by clicking on Jen and go on to VO Booth Besties. And with that, first, before I, you know, get you that last question, thank you, my friend. I am so honored that you took this hour out of your day to be here to help voiceover actors. Um, we're all just a bunch of people trying to put one foot in front of the other, and you've done that a lot, and you're helping people to do it in a way that's not probably as treacherous as when you were trying to do it, and I'm so grateful that you do that for the community. And with that, the big question, what do you think will be the future of voice acting? Wow. Uh, well, I think the thing we all have in the back of our minds now, and sometimes right there in the front, are AI voices. Um, and I think they are definitely going to and already have begun to affect uh, voiceover. If you're you know, watching TikTok or anything, you're hearing a lot of AI voices, of course. Uh, those voices in your cars giving you directions are AI voices. And the technology is getting better and better and better. Our biggest issue is our voices being used without remuneration. And that is happening a lot. I've gotten a number of messages from people that say that so-and-so is using your voice on such and such. Um, and, uh, you know, it's you're playing a little game of whack-a-mole sometimes trying to uh, stop those people from doing that. But here's the plus side. Uh, the technology is at a point where individual people can create their own AI voices. And uh, this will give you an opportunity to sometimes uh, allow your AI voice to audition, allow your AI voice to do a job, um, and you get paid for it. What we really, really need um, is laws on our side. Um, and enforcement of those laws that stop uh, people from using our voices without permission or remuneration. When you figure out how to make that happen, sir, I will be your biggest fan. Well, you <laughs> it, know, it's... I, it, I won't be the one to figure it out, but it's because everything is digital, there is a digital signal there. Of, of everybody's voice. It's not gonna be that difficult uh, to track your voice or discover if your voice is, is being used incorrectly. Agreed, agreed. It's, I mean, you opened up a can of worms that we could talk about for uh, a, a good long time. <laughs> a good long time. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad not that it's at the end of the day because I, we could chat about it for, a, you know, for, ever. But with that, again, 
my humble, grateful thank you for you making time today. You are so awesome. So appreciate you coming here for us today. Everybody, go follow Dave. Uh, next Wednesday, go to his Ask Dave Fennoy. It's at what time, Dave? 6 p.m. Pacific. Pacific. And, uh, 6 p.m. Um, Pacific. On, on Facebook Live, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. And with that, the whole Cast Voices team, myself, Jen, Elizabeth, a lot of the people in the room, we just love you. And we're so well, grateful. And thank you Liz, for making us better. Liz, just thank you so much. Uh, you are a force in this industry. I love the things you say uh, the, the posts you make on Facebook, and I am honored that you would ask me uh, to do this. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, thank you. And with that, my lovely friends, we're going to close down the room, and uh, you guys go have a great day and be nice to people. Take care. Very, bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.